0: The cult had an enigmatic leader named Seth. They were constantly under attack by the Christians then, and this is the important part. Seth's worshippers, all of them, were found dead, having slit their own throats. But Seth's body was never found. Guy liked to leave a lot of dead bodies behind. Did you lose the scent there? I thought so, until on a whim I did a search on the U.S. government classified net, in case the CIA had a record of something, somewhere. And guess what came up in the ATF page? A cult whose leader is named Seth.
1: back to Stargate Weekly. I'm Thad Haight.
0: And I'm Stuart Hollis.
1: This week, we're talking about Season 3, Episode 2, Seth.
0: Hey Thad, did you tell Hathor what's up?
1: <laughs> nice! No one is going to get that, but nice.
0: <laughs> For anyone, anybody who understands that reference or is like, su- like wants to understand that reference, hit us up at Stargate Weekly Or StargateWeekly at gmail.com I'm more than happy to explain to you My shameful reasons for that reference
1: Oh yeah I uh yeah Yeah, Yeah. I have no good explanation For why I know Everything about that
0: Yeah yeah exactly (laughs) So (laughs) This episode originally aired July 2nd 1999 And was directed by
1: It was directed by Bill Corcoran we talked about him last season because he directed uh, the one with the people. Thank you. <laughs> one false step. Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, those are his only two Stargate credits. But as we talked about last time, he is most known for Mutant X.
0: Yes, which feels very much like, and we, as we discussed, I think, the last time around, although I don't think I called this out, but it sort of feels like, the wormhole extreme, yeah, to the X Men: Stargate.
1: <laughs> yeah, in a weird way, in that technically it was also made by Marvel and was like deliberately this way, but they didn't have the TV rights. And yeah, there's some weird, there's some weirdness going on. It was eventually shut down, actually, because of that.
0: Chill, T. I'm
1: like translating as fast as I can. <laughs> And it, it was written by Jonathan Glassner.
0: No, oh, I've heard that name before. A couple times. Our synopsis from TV Guide. The SG-1 team searches for a Goa'uld lord who has been living on Earth for millennia. That's it. That's all we get from them.
1: Wait, did it say a millennia?
0: For millennia.
1: Okay. I'm like, wait a second. Okay. So, Stargate Wiki. Uh, we've got Stargate Wiki going verbose and Memory Alpha going terse lately uh stargate wiki is jacob carter slash selmac comes to earth and tells sg1 that a go named satash is hiding on earth dr daniel jackson tracks down several cults involving satash to washington state however the atf also has an interest in stopping the cult leader furthermore captain samantha carter dr daniel jackson and colonel jack o'neill are brainwashed
0: i mean a little they got better
1: yeah as we've discussed before i'm not in i'm not entirely certain that the people that write the stargate wiki or at least these articles that english is their first language because some of the language is very stilted.
0: Yeah. Okay, so last episode we both mentioned that we remembered this episode fairly well. Yes. So, how right were we? Very right. Yeah, I was mostly right. <laughs> If only in the sense that, like, what I remember was the broad strokes of the episode, which was that there was this Gould who was hiding out in this, like, militant cult sort of place. Um, I didn't remember any of the fine details of who got the, like, who went into the place. And, like, I, I completely forgot about the brainwashing sequence.
1: Yeah, I forgot the brainwashing as well.
0: But... Since they don't actually like breed, like get into the compound until the last forty percent of the episode when they get ringed up into the room, there's like fifteen minutes left in the episode, yeah, so like that whole sequence does not take a lot of time, and the brainwashing only lasts for I don't know three minutes or something <laughs> of screen time, so it's completely forgivable to have forgotten that that was the thing that happened this episode, yes. But, speaking of that, let's talk through the things that happened this episode, which admittedly, was not a lot.
1: So, I do actually want to point out one thing. Uh, point it out. The actor who played Seth, Robert yes. Duncan, also played Daniel's father in The Gamekeeper. No way! Yeah.
0: That's awesome! Yeah. I completely failed to look up who was on the Dead Zone, so give me a second. <laughs>
1: Maybe it was Robert Duncan. Please remain on the line, as we value your call.
0: So, as I'm sure you're curious, who was on the dead zone this week? mm mm-hmm. Sadly, no one knew.
1: Okay, well, who was repeated?
0: None of them either. Oh. No repeats and no new no the new actors from is the dead zone. Over. Well, it's I mean you know it's been very on and off anyway. I mean technically like into the fire kind of ended anyway because Tom Butler was already called out at the end of season two.
1: Right, but at least there was someone.
0: Don't worry. Who was on the Dead Zone shall return.
1: I'm sure we'll have other Dead Zones. Absolutely. I'm also still pretty sure I've never seen an episode of the
0: Dead Zone. I think I've seen, like, an episode of the Dead Zone. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe two. Being a USA show, I'm sure they're all largely interchangeable and identical. Mm -hmm. Okay, so... Our episode, that's not the Dead Zone, (laughs) opens with Jacob Carter stepping through the gate.
1: Yep, and the iris opens before the wormhole was established and before they could possibly have received an IDC.
0: Yeah, their iris protocol needs help. (laughs) I mean, like, it's good that it opened before the wormhole was established so that the iris doesn't get, you know, disintegrated by the wormhole opening.
1: Oh, that's a good point.
0: But it really, like, like, there's no reason for it to be closed when the stargate's off. Like, they really need to be like...
1: Actually, I thought... I didn't think the iris... Here's a question. Would the iris prevent the kawoosh?
0: No, no. I'm pretty sure the kawoosh would go right through the iris. Would it? Like, it, it, like, it's, so, like it's so close to a stable, open stargate that things cannot reintegrate. Or if they do reintegrate, they, integrate, they reintegrate as, like, goo. Right. Because there's no room for them to fully reintegrate. Mm Mm-hmm. But there's still room. Right. And I feel like the Kwoosh, like, will just pass through anything in its way.
1: Yeah, And we do have, yeah, we do have um, future knowledge. We know from uh, 100 days when the gate was, like, mostly buried, but there was a small pocket of air around the event horizon that the Kwoosh just dug a bigger hole. So, yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah, well, and we'll get to that later this season.
1: Oh, is that this season? Nice. Yeah. I I have a I don't remember seasons for that's like fine. the first like five seasons. They're interchangeable to me. Yeah. <laughs> that's
0: that's mostly true.
1: <laughs> like, I know the season enders and openers, but other than that, they could have happened any time.
0: <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. On this episode, happening at this time. Yes. We are up in the conference room, Mm -hmm. and Selmac, Jacob, Jake-Mac, pulls out some sort of device and fires up a hologram, and I really liked that Daniel and Sam are equally jazzed about the hologram for- For completely
1: different reasons? Yes. Did you notice the mistake?
0: No. Tell me.
1: The image in Daniel's glasses was not reversed. Ah, I did notice that they had
0: it reflecting in his glasses, and I'm like, hey, good job, guys. So, like,
1: okay job, guys.
0: So you're saying it should have been reversed?
1: Yeah, because it was a reflection.
0: I mean, I mostly just noticed, like, an orange glow in his glasses. I didn't notice that much detail.
1: Yeah, big screen.
0: Fair enough. Also, Teal'c said that the symbol for Satesh was oscillating. It was more like blinking. Yeah. It was
1: moving a little bit. I guess. I'm also not entirely sure why they brought out the hologram at all.
0: Yeah, you could have done that on a piece of paper, man.
1: Especially because they we didn't care about anyone other than Satesh on that hologram. And the hologram was basically an entire gold family tree. It's like, this was completely useless. There was no reason for it.
0: I didn't, however, notice how happy Jack was to dr- was to drop calling him Satesh and just calling him Seth instead.
1: Well, that's, that's Jack for you.
0: Well, yeah, because he's like... So this Satesh guy, and then as soon as Daniel like rattles off the list of names and one of them's monosyllabic, Jack's like, yes, Seth. We'll call him Seth from now on.
1: Yeah, and they they sort of call him Seth from time to time as well, I noticed.
0: I mean, that was also one of the names. That... that was
1: one of the names, yeah. But like, it seems like from that point on, they go back and forth between calling him Seth or Set. Hmm. And occasionally throw in a Satesh for good measure.
0: Well, yeah, I mean, everyone needs a, a good satesh from time to time,
1: <laughs> and I am wondering if this is this is kind of like a Gould, Gould, Gwald sort of thing. Probably, <laughs> I don't think anyone ever said Gwald.
0: Probably not, but you know, whatever. I did also like the idea of the Tokra Census of them, like literally, like showing up at the system lord's door. <laughs> Yes. Like, excuse me, I need to conduct an interview with you regarding your
1: every twenty years like clockwork. Right. (laughs) Or is it ten years?
0: I think it's technically ten. I think it's ten.
1: Oh, is it ten? Okay. Yeah. It's coming up then.
0: Yeah, it is. So they're in the conference room. We get to the point which is that the toker are pretty sure that Satesh slash Seth is hiding out on Earth. Uh, Jack points out the difficulty in finding that particular needle in a haystack of six billion pieces of hay. Mm. Uh, world population in nineteen ninety nine. I'm not sure when this number was Would taken.
1: Would have been six billion about.
0: Uh, just over six point zero six six. So in right. you know, in like March or whatever of ninety nine when they filmed this, yeah. Because ninety eight world popular was like 5.9, so... Right. Yeah, numbers about was, was pretty accurate. Good job.
1: Yeah, I remember that one because for... Uh, I remember that happened in 99 because I remember in my 7th grade social studies class, the teacher mentioned it the day it happened.
0: That's one of those things that like, I'm always curious about because, like, obviously it's not like we have, like, an active, super accurate tally...
1: Right, so it may not have been exactly that day, but that was the day that our official records said that it happened.
0: Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, speaking of official records, Mm -hmm. I was kind of hoping for a Daniel Goes Searching Through Records and the Internet montage. Mmm.
1: Man, when was the last time you heard Boolean Search?
0: (laughs) It's been a while.
1: He put a Boolean Search into that web crawler to... Yeah surf the World Wide Web. I did a timeline
0: Boolean search for religion, cult, set, satesh, setek, seta.
1: So I noticed that they have gone, they have transitioned from using a, some version of classic macOS, someone who knows more about Macs prior to the mid-2000s could probably tell us what version, uh, running Netscape to... Windows what looks like Windows ninety five running Netscape.
0: But always Netscape.
1: Always Netscape.
0: Netscape forever.
1: Netscape is love. Netscape is life.
0: I'm running Netscape on my computers right now.
1: This Netscape doesn't exist anymore,
0: right? No, no, I'm pretty sure not. No no. Do you know what else doesn't exist anymore? Jacob's affection for his son, Mark. By the way, oh. he has a son, Mark. Like that just came out of left field.
1: Yeah. That, that happens sometimes, though, on, on shows. You find out about yeah. family members that you'd never heard of before.
0: You know, and I, I guess he'll, he'll get, like, mentioned from time to time again, but I don't think we're ever going to see him on screen again.
1: I think we might... Maybe
0: once more? In
1: season eight, when something momentous happens to Jacob.
0: Right, yeah, 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 when he, like, grows that tail. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway.
1: Netscape.com forwards to AOL.com oh
0: that's a sad thing
1: that's a very sad thing and so ironic
0: super ironic (laughs) I did like that little conversation though between uh, Jacob and Sam uh, about like oh so you didn't volunteer for this mission no why would I volunteer (laughs) Yeah. to to see your daughter Mm. oh yeah 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 I totally volunteered you're right good call (laughs) (laughs) yes and then Selmac chiming in.
1: Yeah, I like how Selmac says that it distressed Jacob, and then Jacob's like, "No, it didn't."
0: Right, but it's like, no, no, I really need, like, I really need him to take care of this because it's becoming annoying.
1: <laughs> yeah, that, that that whole interplay was nice.
0: Yeah. So as I said, it would have been nice if we had gotten some sort of montage before Daniel just solved the problem. Yes. Uh, and then we get a Jaffa joke. Yes, yes, we do. A serpent guard, a horse guard, and a Satesh guard meet on a neutral planet. It is a tense moment. The serpent guard's eyes glow. The horse guard's beak glistens. The Satesh guard's nose (laughs) drips.
1: This is the first time that Teal collapses in the show.
0: Yeah, yeah, I believe it. I mean, not quite the last, but like it's a good laugh. He's like, yeah, yeah. I I think it's well deserved after three, after uh, after two full seasons of mm-hmm. stoicness. So they head off to Washington, right? mm Hmm. Somewhere in the Pacific Northwest, I think it was. I think it was like Northern Washington.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was Washington. It was Washington.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they come, and the the sheriff uh, escorts them to where they're going, and he says, well, we don't have any of that whatchamacallit probable cause. It's yeah. Like, no, no, you're a sheriff. You know what probable cause is, man. I would hope. Right?
1: And then we meet the father of Tommy.
0: Yeah. Did you think he was a plant?
1: He looked like a plant.
0: Right? And then, like, especially, like, later, with the coffee...
1: Yeah, like, uh, like I knew he wasn't because I'd seen the episode before, but I was expecting him to like throw the coffee on the equipment or something.
0: Yeah, seriously, like he like he wants to tag along with him through the fence and everything. Like he felt like a plant.
1: Yeah, but instead he was there as a super obvious way to make Jacob want to meet up with his son.
0: Uh, yeah, jeez. <laughs> well, that plus that super obvious conversation with Teal'c. Are you saying on Earth that you don't love your children un- unconditionally? Yeah. Wow, just like, layered on thicker there, Tilk.
1: <laughs> well, Tilk didn't know about... Because, I mean, that was a private conversation between Jacob Selmak, or among Jacob Selmak and Sam, so Tilk didn't know about that.
0: Well, no, of course, but the writers knew.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, and <laughs> that was definitely in there. Yeah. Yes. You know, the... Oh, I actually did. I'm sorry. I Bring had in. a point from a while ago when We can rewind. Yeah, when Daniel was talking about how he found the cult. Yeah. Uh, he was he talked about the symbol and said that Well, this was even earlier. Yeah, when Daniel was talking about the symbol mm-hmm. and he said that it they figure it was a completely made-up animal because anthropologists had never found fossils. Why were anthropologists looking for fossils? Well,
0: I mean, I'm sure there's, like, anthropologists embedded in teams of archaeologists. Yes. But he probably should have said archaeologists.
1: But even archaeologists wouldn't be looking at animal fossils.
0: Is it... So only zoologists are allowed to look at animal fossils? No, we're talking
1: paleontologists would be looking at that. Yes. Archaeologists are looking at, like human remains like well human like civilization remains and stuff
0: see this is one of those things where it's like Jurassic Park like thoroughly ruined me yeah. and I had just like I think just like in my head paleontologist strictly like strictly equals dinosaurs and uh. like, like Jurassic Cretaceous like tens of millions of years
1: well you think paleo and you think stone stones. so yeah I can see that
0: Yeah, I'm thinking, like, these are people who are only looking at stuff that's, like, tens of millions of years old pertaining to dinosaurs and the plants they Well, now you've
1: got... No, yeah, I'm right.
0: Good. I'm fine with that.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, I'd be doubting myself, but no, it's the branch of science concerned with fossil animals and plants.
0: Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I suppose that, well, if we're looking at Egyptian times, like...
1: You can have fossils from
0: three thousand years ago. Yeah, you
1: can have three thousand year old fossils. Okay. I think.
0: I don't. I... I'm. I don't know if you Daniel can. Daniel said
1: fossil though. Yeah, Daniel's wrong a lot. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure how to search for this. Okay. But I'm gonna do it.
0: Cool. Take your time.
1: Uh. Okay. Yeah, you're right. The youngest fossils are from the start of the Holocene, which is about ten thousand years ago.
0: Yeah. So after they meet the definitely not a plant distressed <laughs> father, they uh, he gives them some information about the, about the fence line around the compound. Uh, they penetrate the fence line with some sort of something that melt that like
1: they came prepared.
0: Uh, yes, they did. Yeah, because it's like a it's like a wrought iron fence effect sort of, and they like it kind of looks like det cord, but det cord explodes, and this sort of like melts it. It's, yeah. Yeah. I, I I don't know what it would be. Um. Anyway, so they get through the fence, and they start scoping out the compound.
1: I mean, maybe it was just, like, acetylene? No, there's no way they were carrying an acetylene. No, it wasn't an acetylene torch. That would be weird.
0: Well, no, because it was, like, cord. Like, he, like, lit a fuse, and it, like, burned. Yeah. Yeah, it was, like, thermite cord, but I don't think that's a that's thing. not a
1: Thing? right
0: wouldn't it be cool if it was a thing
1: that would be so cool if it was a
0: right thing. anyway so they're checking out the house scoping out the cult members who are protecting the compound and they've got aks and zats and cute little holsters and uzis yes and 50 cals yes yes have these people ever heard of overkill
1: and they didn't wait the 15 day waiting period
0: yes it seems like in like certainly in this episode the like Jack witty responses have been dialed up to eleven. Yeah. He's got one for almost every situation.
1: Snippity doodah.
0: Yeah, I noted that one too.
1: <laughs> and Hail Dorothy.
0: <laughs> okay, so what was that? That you don't.
1: That's oh, you don't. Wizard know of Oz, right? Yeah. Okay. When she kills the witch. Yeah. The witch servants. So, the witch's guards are like... Hail to Dorothy! The wicked witch is dead!
0: Hey, hail, hail, hail to Dorothy! The, the wicked witch, witch is dead! I haven't seen Wizard of Oz in, like, 20 years.
1: Neither have I, but I saw it, like, a bazillion times when I was a kid.
0: I saw it, like, three times. Mm. Yeah. Anyway. They're scoping, they scope about the compound, realize that it's more than just the four of them can handle without a better plan. Yes. So, they fall back, and now is when they encounter... The FBI or the ATF?
1: Uh, there wasn't really a bet. Jack just made that up on the fly.
0: Uh, yeah, really. Like Daniel had already told them the ATF was investigating them. Like there was. Yeah. Like there's no chance it wasn't the ATF.
1: ATF guy had a rather impressive mustache.
0: And a terribly ugly sweater. Yes. Man, the '90s and their ugly sweaters. Like Goodness that was. Sakes.
1: That was Judge Reinhold the Santa Claus level. Oh,
0: nice reference. The <laughs> yes. So the F- ATF guys escort them back to their mobile, like their, you know, localized operating center or whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the technical term is. I don't care.
1: Steve could tell us.
0: Steve could probably tell us. Uh, <laughs> the agent is asking him a series of questions and Jack keeps responding with, well, that's classified and that's classified.
1: You have an insubordinate subordinate, general. Yes. That was a good line.
0: That was a good line. Ugly sweater. Nice line. Mm. Yeah. He tells them the Air Force has no jurisdiction here, so get the hell out.
1: I mean, he's not wrong.
0: <laughs> no, he's not. Uh, Jacob then's like, hey, can I borrow your secure phone for a minute, though? And then immediately hands it off to Jack. <laughs> I'm not sure why Jacob couldn't have called General Hammond.
1: That's a good point, yeah.
0: Like... The conversation would have gone the same way.
1: Yeah, I, Jack called General. He didn't just call the president. Uh, no,
0: of course not. Like, Well, because like, they even like point that out later, that it was like, so General Hammond got the president involved, was basically... Yeah. Yeah, so, so Jack clearly called General Hammond. I'm not sure why Jacob couldn't have had that conversation. It's not even, like, listened to the conversation.
1: I'm also... Yeah, I'm also not sure why... Like, I get that Jack is the leader of SG-1, and I get that Jacob is not quite just Jacob anymore, but he is also still an Air Force General, and I'm not sure why the president specifically made Jack in charge.
0: Yeah, that's, I hadn't thought about that. That's a good point, though. It would have made more sense for Jacob to be in charge, especially in light of the fact that Jack is then going to insert himself into the compound later.
1: Right. And because it would look really it would also look really weird to the ATF people to have to put the colonel in charge.
0: Yeah. That's a good point, I hadn't thought about any of that. Hmm. Let's ponder this for a moment.
1: My other point on this is after the president calls the ATF guy and he puts Jack in charge, Jack says that he wants one of those Swiffy jackets. XL double X if you've got it. There is no way Jack can, wears a double X jacket. Not season three Jack.
0: No, no, except that, yes, like, as we see in other episodes where he's, like, wearing more civilian clothes, they are ridiculously backing on him because it's the 90s. That's true.
1: I mean... I would definitely say that in universe, Jack wears double X.
0: Jack does not wear double X in universe. He probably wears, like, probably wears single X. Maybe a large. Large to a single X.
1: Oh, he's more than a large in universe. I wear a large. Yeah, I know.
0: I wear between a large and an XL. And in universe, like, there's no way that Jack is, like, bigger than I am. He
1: looks bigger than you are.
0: So somewhere in between the insubordinate subordinate and Jack asking for a double XL jacket. Mm Mm-hmm. We find out about Nishta.
1: Yes, which is like what they used with Hathor, what Hathor used, to put stronger.
0: Yes. Uh, and then we also find out, however, that just like an electrical charge will like destroy slash disrupt the virus enough that the body cannot then be re-overtaken by it.
1: You know, it would have been kind of cool if it was the same thing that Hathor used and that's why, it did, and then they had it just not affect them, because as we learned in uh, Out of Mind, that organism cannot be used more than once.
0: Yeah, that could have been cool as well, um, except it it only would oh, have worked. Oh, it
1: doesn't work on women.
0: Right, like, it, like that uh, only yeah. would have applied to Jack and Daniel. Like, Sam would not have been affected by it.
1: Right, okay, yeah, never mind then. Scratch that thought.
0: yeah, yeah. yeah so sam then prepares modified earwigs for them that will apply an electrical charge without somehow frying the earwig
1: i was wondering how that worked
0: that also seth's people don't notice them having in their ears
1: yeah also what's
0: the range on those things hey man it's stargate the range is always basically infinite
1: that's true they have walkie-talkies that they can use from like planet to orbit, so,
0: yeah. Yeah, I I mean, you know, like, get yourself into, like, into Atlantis and Newer, and they basically just have, like, a piece of wire with plastic molded onto it, and that's the whole radio.
1: Yeah. I mean, they look cool, but Mm -hmm. there's no way that's the whole radio. (laughs) I need to get one of those for the, when I go to the Stargate convention next summer, because I'm, I, I've got the Rodney McKay outfit, so I'm gonna...
0: Don't forget to pick up one of those tablets. Oh, yeah, got it. Yeah, yeah, you can probably get one like really cheap on eBay. Yes. It was an HP something.
1: It was. Yeah. I can figure it out.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they have a conversation. So, getting back to what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. They need to find a way to get into the compound without just walking through the front door. And, I think it was Daniel? No. It was Teal'c, I think, who pointed out that ghoul often have escape tunnels. Yes. So they go searching for the escape tunnels, and Jack is like, "Hey, if I am in command, I'll get all the ATF ATF guys to help. This is a lot of land to search." Uh-huh. But then, of course, it's still SG One who finds God, the really. escape tunnel. Yeah, I just kind of I feel like it would have been like slightly better if an AT, ATF agent had found it, and then one of the SG One is like, "Yes, no, that's definitely an escape tunnel. I don't care that the lid says toxic materials or whatever it actually says. I am pretty sure it says toxic materials." Yeah. Instead of, like, Teal'c being the one to stumble across it, you know? Mm -hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. That would have made sense, but, oh well. Yeah,
0: well, what are you gonna do? So they get themselves into the tunnel, and this is when we find out what's going to happen to them once they've been mind-controlled to be in Seth's uh, thrall.
1: Yes, and we find out that the women would be part of his harem, the men outside of the compound would guard, and jackass dare he ask what happens to the men in the compound and that's when we learn that they get turned into eunuchs
0: with the snippety doodah yes yeah yeah so they break themselves into this big circular room with no features and then a bunch of lights and
1: they get ringed up in front of Seth
0: and promptly disarmed and then promptly mind controlled
1: and Right before he goes under, Jack makes a joke about, so help me if I wake up and I'm singing soprano, which actually, if they made him a eunuch, would not happen since his vocal chords had already changed.
0: Way to ruin the joke, Thad.
1: I'm just saying. Yeah, I know, I know. That only works if it does it before puberty.
0: Okay. So, so Sam wakes up.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And she's asked if she's ready to serve her god, Seth, and she is absolutely ready.
0: Yeah, yeah, she's super down for it. Let's let's do this. Let's serve that god, Seth. Hell yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, and Teoc wants to hit the button to f- to fry everybody, but Jacob says not yet because they want to make sure that it's fully permeated their bodies for it to completely kill it.
0: I think it was technically Selmak who said that, but yes. Yeah, and this is when the distressed father, who's definitely not a plant (wink, wink), comes into the <laughs> tent to be like, "Hey guys, what are you doing?"
1: And then he spills coffee on himself, and it really looks like something squirrely is going to happen, and no, he just talks about it, he, he hasn't talked to his son in a while.
0: Uh, right, and this is where Teal'c then chimes in to be like, that's super weird, because on Chulock, we always love our children, forever and ever, amen.
1: You know, it's funny that Teal'c would say this.
0: Since he's a super-duper absentee father?
1: That's what I'm saying.
0: But he loves his son.
1: Well, specifically, how could you go so long without talking to your son? Yeah. you haven't seen your son in months. In fact, you're not going to see your son again for years. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah. But, anyway. We have that, and Jacob is thinking, and we can see the gears turning in Jacob's head. Oh, Eh. yeah. Then, as Sam is kneeling before Seth, he detects the... Naquita in her blood, indicating that she had a ghoul in her at one time.
0: Right, but he can't see any, um, like, entry marks or anything, so he's not, he's just like, he's like, he's confused. Right. Because, like, I mean, I definitely detect that you used to have a ghoul, like, a ghoul in you, but I don't see any outward evidence of it. This is weird, but I don't trust you very much.
1: Right, and that's because Jolinar went in through her mouth.
0: Yes. We were there. Yeah. Uh, so he starts interrogating our heroes,
1: and he mentions, "Are did, Were you sent by the Gould or the Tokra?" And I
0: have a vague recollection of what you're talking about. The Tokra, uh, and this is when they decide to flip the switch and zap the virus. Yep.
1: And Jack and Daniel both say that they were sent by as a deprogramming team to get to get a cultist out, and right. Now they worship Seth, and Seth's like, Seth's not buying it, you're lying to me, and orders them executed.
0: Yeah. Did you ever see Scrubs?
1: I've seen an episode or two.
0: Okay. So in one of the episodes, uh, all of the men are watching something on the television. Doesn't mm-hmm. matter what. And one of the female cast members comes in, and they like quickly change the channel, or turn off the TV, or something to like that effect. And it's like, hey, what are you guys watching? And someone says, I think football.
1: Uh-huh.
0: And it's like, and she's like, but it's April. Football season's over. And it's like, each of them takes their turn, like, leading off, like, the next line of the lie. It's like, and that's why we're watching football in April. Nice. And, she's like, yeah. and she's like, yeah, okay, whatever. <laughs> and I just, like, like, Jack's initial lie of, we're deprogrammers sent by a distressed father, and then Daniel's Like, utter failure to follow up the lie.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's just Daniel for you.
0: (sighs) He cannot think on his feet.
1: He really can't.
0: Constant sadness. Anyway. So, yes, they are hauled off to be executed. But since they're not brainwashed anymore, they can get the jump on the executioner and zat him. Now, I thought Mm
1: -hmm.
0: that one zap from the zat stuns.
1: That's and it's supposed to be very painful.
0: But apparently, if you have the virus in you, it just sort of tingles and you wake up. Yes. Weird. Yeah. So
1: anyway. Then this is one of the reasons why I think it's Christopher Judge has said multiple times that the zats were a terrible idea.
0: Well, I definitely know that um, Michael Shanks, after a certain point, just like really refused to like carry or use the zat, not because it's a ridiculous idea, but because it's ridiculous looking. Well, that too. Yeah. So they haul them off to. So they go with the guy who was going to kill them, who's now been deprogrammed. Mm-hmm. Uh, but apparently, they keep their memories. That's unfortunate. Yeah. That's going to require some counseling.
1: This murders and stuff. Yeah.
0: I don't know how much murdering they were doing, but certainly, like anything else, they were doing in Seth's name.
1: There was definitely murdering happening.
0: Did they? Did they say they was murdering?
1: They said there was murdering. At the beginning, when Daniel's reading about Seth's cult, he said the, the the people that had left and had talked about the glowing eyes also talked about how they were... Well, they
0: Seth were... had murdered people. Hmm.
1: But I feel like since Seth ordered them to murder...
0: They could have been murdered. Yeah, okay, okay, okay. I'm yeah, I'm thinking yeah.
1: these were delegated murders.
0: Yeah, probably. Um, But then also I'm thinking, like, the women, like, what mm, the, like, the we're going to have to go uh, through. Oh, yeah. boy. I mean, all of them need to get into, like, a solid therapy program. But it's the 90s, so they can't. Oops. Yeah. Yeah. So they get themselves all a bunch of zats, like two per person, basically. And they just start zatting everybody in the compound Mm -hmm. and getting them out.
1: Yeah. And finally, Seth walks in and sees what they're doing.
0: Yes. They zat all of, all of Seth's followers. Seth has a personal shield. Then he hand-device knocks them out.
1: He sets a bomb. Bomb? Yeah, bomb.
0: Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a... No, 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 Because if it was a bomb, all the alarms would go off. Because all of these compounds have bomb detectors, hm? Somebody set up bust the bomb. Yeah, just reference after reference after reference here, man. That's how we roll on Stargate Weekly. Uh, yeah, and, you know, so they're escaping through the tunnels, Selmac slash Jacob cottons onto the idea that Seth is going to try to escape as one of the cult members immediately, even though we don't, like, our heroes are knocked out, like, they don't see Seth.
1: Yeah, we don't know, they don't know this yet.
0: Uh, yeah, but I guess, like, I guess, like, Jacob slash Selmac is like, hmm, what's a Gould gonna do? I know what a Gould's gonna do.
1: Ghoul's got to do what a ghoul's got to do.
0: That's right. Um, He's going to take him out, but he gets knocked down. He does not get up again. Mm. He hands off the...
1: There is somebody going to keep him down.
0: That's right. He hands off the hand thing to to Sam.
1: And tells her, yes, you can use it.
0: Right, you have to believe in yourself. Mm. (laughs) Uh, And she does. (laughs) And knocks Seth down, and then like punches him into the ground basically yeah, like, with it like that was hardcore
1: into the ground yeah
0: yeah that was rad mhm i like that
1: yeah she killed him
0: He'll yes look. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we get you know there's the reunion between the distressed definitely not a plant father and his son
1: yep and then we have the reunion between jacob and his son right and that's, that's it. it. That was the yeah. episode. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, I realize this doesn't really mean much at this point in the season, but this is my least favorite of the episode episode of the season so far.
0: Yeah, it was. <laughs> it was really boring. Yeah. Like, uh, like, like I said earlier, like you don't even get to the compound until like the last fifteen minutes. It's just. It's just boring.
1: It was not good. Yeah. I don't know. I think this was worse than anything in season two.
0: Yeah. No, that's that's probably fair to say.
1: It's still not Emancipation or Hathor level bad. But. No,
0: no, no. But speaking of things that are fair, hopefully mm. next week's episode, Fair Game, will be better.
1: Yeah. Nice. That was an excellent segue. Best I got. Thank you for listening this week. If you enjoyed this, you should also check out our other podcast, Delta Flyer.
0: You can find and review both on your podcast player of choice, and you can also reach us at our email address, StargateWeekly, at gmail.com.
1: You can find me on Twitter, at Tyrannicus.
0: You can find me on Twitter, at Gamicus.
1: And you can follow the show on Twitter, at Stargate Weekly. And that's our show. Yeah. Football?
0: Isn't the season over? And then every male in the room felt totally in sync, resulting in the rarest of all phenomenon, the seamless, collaborative guy lie. The American season is over. We're watching Mexican football.
1: He started late this year because of the churro vendors they went on strike and the players wouldn't cross the picket line when
0: the dispute turned violent they called in rodrigo vasquez the owner of the baja Panditos, to step in thanks to
1: senior vasquez's experience dealing with the fruit pickers unions he was able to broker a last minute deal and the season was salvaged
0: and that's why we'll watch him football in the spring whatever